1: Today is Tuesday, September 24th, 2019. On this day in 1972, Dr. John Robert Hill was killed, a mere two months before he could stand trial for the murder of his first wife, Joan Robinson Hill.
0: This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness.
1: Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Every day, we flip back the calendar to this date years ago and recount one event from true crime history. Today, we're going back to September 24th, 1972, when John Hill was murdered. While the case is officially unsolved, John is widely believed to have been killed on the orders of his father-in-law, Ash Robinson. Before we unpack the ramifications of John Robert Hill's death, let's go back to September 24, 1972, in the middle of the night. Connie knew she should have eaten before they hit the road from Las Vegas. She'd been trying to keep an eye on her figure and didn't want to eat out as often as she used to. But now, her stomach grumbled, and her only options were late-night fast food. She could get away with eating like that in her 20s, but those days were long gone now. Connie turned to her 41-year-old husband, John, as they drove past yet another drive through She asked if he wanted to stop for a milkshake. In answer, John joked that Connie should be careful about eating sweets around him. He waited for Connie to laugh. She didn't. Connie didn't find anything funny about John's first wife's death. Three and a half years ago, Joan had died a slow, painful death after a mysterious illness, allegedly caused by a pastry John had given her. She spent three days bedridden, often lying in her own waste, until John finally took her to a hospital, where she died later that night. Police had charged John with Joan's poisoning, but the case ended in a mistrial, and the second trial had been delayed until the next November. Connie trusted her husband. She didn't think he was a murderer, She wouldn't have married him if she'd believed he was, but she still didn't think jokes about his first wife were funny. Unfortunately, Connie's humorless reaction made the mood tense. The pair sat in silence for the remainder of the drive home. After they parked and climbed out of the car, Connie stretched her legs, To overcompensate for the earlier awkwardness, she tried a bit too hard to be lighthearted and chatty as she and John walked back into the house. But their conversation was interrupted when Connie pulled the door open and found a man in a green Halloween mask standing right inside her house. He pointed a gun straight at her and shouted, This is a robbery. Before Connie had a chance to process what was going on, the man grabbed her dress and dragged her into the house. Connie grappled with him, trying to break free. At the back of her mind, Connie wondered whether John would intervene on her behalf. She wasn't too sure of the answer, and that made her feel uneasy. But her doubts proved misplaced. In moments, John entered the fray, fighting to free her from the gunman. Connie broke free, sprinting down the street for help. She heard a series of blasts too fast to count behind her. Connie reached a neighbor's home and called the police. By the time they arrived, John was dead. Police found him face down in the foyer, his eyes, nose, and mouth covered in adhesive tape. He had been shot three times. Coming up, we'll discuss the strange series of events that led to John Robert Hill's murder and the numerous unanswered questions that remain after his death. This episode is brought
0: to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com.
1: Now back to the story. Earlier, we discussed the events of September 24th, 1972. After John Robert Hill and his wife, Connie Hill, returned home from an extended road trip, a mysterious visitor was waiting for them. When they arrived home, the visitor shot John to death. The key to understanding this crime lay in the suspicious death, which occurred three years prior to John's own murder. Plastic surgeon John Robert Hill's first marriage was to Joan Robinson Hill, an oil heiress. John and Joan shared a history of privilege and the sort of social connections that other people could only dream of. But 12 years into their marriage, their relationship had cooled considerably, and they were both seriously talking about divorce. In the week before her death, John and Joan, both 38 years old, hosted a small dinner party at their home. John served a tray of pastries to his guests, but seemed unusually insistent that Joan accept one eclair in particular. When she tried to select a different treat, he argued with her, and even intervened when she tried to trade her pastry with another guest. Eventually, frustrated with her husband's strange behavior, Joan gave in and ate the eclair. Later that night, Joan began complaining of flu-like symptoms. On the morning of March 18th, the Hills maid found Joan lying in her soiled bed and nightgown, unable to get up. Eventually, John and Joan's mother took her to the unprepared Sharpstown Hospital. She checked into the hospital shortly after midnight, where she suffered for a few hours before her death. Her husband had been sleeping, but when he heard the news, the hospital filled with his grief-stricken cries. After Joan died, she was quickly buried without an autopsy, per her husband's request. The hospital staff attributed her sudden illness and death to some kind of fast-acting disease. Meanwhile, the police immediately began a murder investigation. Joan's father, Ash, publicly suggested that John had poisoned Joan, leading the police to investigate him, but they lacked the hard evidence to charge him with premeditated murder. Instead, because John was a licensed doctor, the police charged him with murder by omission, or a criminal failure to provide life-saving treatment. Murder by omission carried much milder penalties than first-degree murder, and John was shameless in the lead-up to his trial. He remarried less than 2 months after his first wife's death. His second wife was a woman named Anne Curth. However, 9 months after their wedding date, John and Anne split. John's divorce proved to be both a blessing and a burden. Anne, spiteful after the crumbling marriage, testified on the stand that John was an unrepentant murderer who'd tried to kill her as well. Anne told one particularly outlandish and unverifiable story, claiming that she'd gotten into a fight with John while he was driving his car. Anne claimed that he'd swerved into a bridge in an effort to kill her, but she survived the crash. Then, John tried to inject her with a syringe of poison that he had on him. Anne tried to fight him off and only escaped when a bystander intervened. Of course, Anne had no documentation to prove any of this. There was no record of the crash, and the rescuer could not be identified or located. In addition, many in the courtroom had serious doubts about Anne's honesty, given her extravagant testimony and concern that her recent divorce had made her biased. The judge determined that Anne's testimony was unreliable, and John's case ended in a mistrial. His second trial was scheduled in late 1972. In the meantime, he had a third marriage to Connie Loseby. But two months before John's new court date, a mysterious visitor fatally shot him in his home. Although the randomness of the shooting initially looked like a robbery gone wrong, police honed in on the efficiency of John's murder. They determined that his death was a hit covered up to look like an accident. Police focused on Bobby Wayne Vandiver, a pimp and general criminal for hire, as their top suspect. After the trial was postponed, Vandiver went on the run, ending up in Longview, Texas. He was killed in an unrelated police shootout a few months later. With their top suspect dead, police were unable to close the case on John's murder or the death of his wife, Joan. One popular theory is that Joan's father put a hit on John in retribution for his alleged role in her murder. Given the high number of deaths in this strange and macabre case, we can never say for sure if this theory is correct. We'll never know who truly killed Joan or John Hill, All we can do is present the facts and allow you to draw your own conclusions. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find all episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite podcast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the Parcast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Russell Nash, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carrie Murphy, Maggie Admire, and Travis Clark. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Angela Jorgensen. I'm Vanessa Richardson.